tell you, it's going to put this. You just look around here. This is uh, so much stuff that we did last year, and it's going to be even better. You saw the locals out here, and Willie Wampy has something to say. Yeah, it's going to a uh, retreat, October 30th and 27th. And uh, see you guys there. Yes, I tell you, that is that's one of the biggest outreaches we have of the year. So much time is put into it. And I just want to encourage all of you uh, to step out and pray for boldness. And invite kids. you got the golden ticket there, right? The golden ticket. And there are more out in the lobby. And I would encourage you to grab them. And uh, any kid you see, any parents you see, Again, this is where we are witnesses. You say, well, I can't be a witness. Well, can you give this to another parent? You invite them out. I mean, shoot, it's indoor trick-or-treating. Can't get better than that, right? You know, Halloween, specifically, they're very, very cold. But uh, I had 500 people last year praying for more. How about that cup game last night? Ah, yeah. That warline was still was tough for him to sleep because I mean that was just like a dream game for all you Cub fans out there. And if you're a Sox fan or some other fan, don't eat the candy <laughs> unless you want the Cubs to win. That's okay, but if you want the Cubs to lose, pass the candy to the next person. We want to go to the right people, right? Yeah, I tell you, I mean, uh, <coughs> Hendricks. Rizzo, oh, just a whole gang. It's like an unbelievable game. We have waited for 71 years to get in after the World Series. 71 years. And we've waited 108, games, 108 years to get into the World Series. And we're playing the Cleveland Indians starting on Tuesday night. Well, it's not appropriate to say Cleveland Indians. We'll call them the Cleveland Losers. Right? Yeah. We are going to sweep the Cleveland Losers, right? No doubt about it. If you know the last night's game on the 1,502 postseason games in baseball history, it was only one of two games where the team didn't score anything. Zero. Only two times. I went to the, the, the uh, uh, <laughs> where the, where the, they don't get the hits. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes. I tell you, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just fun. And since it's been so long, that's why we're so crazy about it, okay? So, if you're thinking, well, Harrison's off, Okay, I don't care I'm off. It's great to be off. I get one chance in a lifetime to be off. And I said, every time they were serious, I'm wearing my jersey. So I'll tell you what, I don't know. I think I'll be wearing it next time. I hope so. I hope so. Glory and sweet. Glory and sweet. Yeah, here are some pictures from the celebration. Oh, man. It was fun to watch those. And how to watch the game last night. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's outside Wrigley Field. Can you imagine if they won the World Series? Oh man, I would want to be down that spot. 
<laughs> hey, there's uh, uh, the Pius and uh, the guy that <laughs> it up. Uh, yeah, John Buster. Pulled up the National Championship Series. Oh, champion. Yeah, you know, we threw out some candy here, and uh, it's funny, I came across some different candies. This is the candy by states. What candy that state sells more of? In Illinois, it's Snickers. Anybody a Snickers fan here? That's right. California, Lifesaver, that kind of makes sense. Texas, candy corn. Yeah, a lot of corn down there in Texas, I'll tell you that. And Twizzlers, I love Twizzlers. Kansas. Alabama, airheads, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> and the Utah, nervous. Again, I refrain from saying anything. But it's fun to get a lot of candy uh, this month. Look at these beautiful, gold, oh, oh, the women there. Oh, beautiful golden retriever puppies. Aren't they unbelievable? Look at that. Now, if I had... That dog up here today, how many of you would want to bring it home? I just was going to give it away. Okay, very good. Now, I want to remind you <laughs> that puppies destroy at least $300, just at least $300 of your possessions by chewing and other things. So keep that in mind. And then you have to potty uh, train the puppy. That means going out in the cold weather and waiting for this little, little dog to do his business over and over and over and over again. And then to feed this dog every day. It gets expensive. Yeah. So big dogs. Paying out the day, going to vet, uh, hearing it barking when you don't want to hear it. Now that I brought you back to reality, how many still would like to take this puppy home? Yeah. You less people, that's right. <laughs> well, I tell you what, puppies are great. And uh, you have to invest in them. But again, that's part of the relationship, right? You're investing in the relationship, you're enjoying them. Yeah, there are tough times when they're sick or they do stupid things. But again, when they grow throughout the years, they become very meaningful. Uh, my family lost our dog Sadie this past Monday. I put her down because of blood cancer. And uh, yeah, it was really hard. Twelve years old and a part of our family. And uh, yeah, but you know what? You know, as I reflect on my relationship with Sadie over the years, <laughs> you know, it was worth everything. It was worth all the money. It was worth all the time. It was worth all uh, taking the dog outside and hearing it bark. Oh, the dog really drove me nuts. I had a bark collar for it. The floor would loosen it a little bit. I said, don't do that. But you know, that's what a real relationship is like, right? You see, a lot of people who become Christ followers think that when they come to Jesus, they get their get out of hell free card. Don't they? I mean, that's true. Get out of hell free. I know that I'm not going to go to hell and I'm going to heaven. And then they say, okay, I'm a Christian and I'm just going to do what I want. I'll give a service to God along the way. And if I need anything, I know who to call on. 
But I'm learning to take this thing seriously. Well, the first question I have to people like that, are you really Christ follower? You've got to be bearing fruit to show that you're living as a Christ follower. But it is such a common rut that so many people have fall into. We need to grow. We've been talking in our Life on Mission series about how we need to connect and how we need to serve. Now we need to grow. When a person comes to Christ, we need to help them to grow. How many have heard that uh, your body, every seven to ten years, is a brand new body? Anybody hear that? All the cells will reproduce and everything? Seven to ten years, nobody? Okay, well, it's very common out there that people would know that, even though it's not right here. <laughs> but it's not true, so it doesn't matter whether you know it or not. Look at how fast cells last. White blood cells, one year. Red blood cells, four months. Skin, two or three weeks. Colon, after four days. It's a tough job down there. And the brain, a lifetime. But the point is that somewhere in your body, you're reproducing different types of cells to keep you going. In fact, you see CSI fans, you know how they determine how long a person has been dead. Because a lot of cells in your body can live up to a day, even though you're dead. Kind of morbid, but <laughs> we need to keep growing, right? Romans 8.29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. There it is, friends. Once you become Christ's power, it has just begun. <laughs> it's just begun. And you know, I was thinking about this this week. You know, I'm going to be more grateful for my relationship with Jesus here on earth. Because once I get to heaven, I'll see him face to face and everything will be good. Right? It's kind of a unique situation here, right? We're walking by faith. And every day is a unique privilege to express faith in God and grow deeper with Him. So enjoy this relationship with Jesus because, sooner or later, you'll be with Him if you have chosen Christ as your Savior. So, Jesus Christ said, go into all the world, make disciples, make learners. So, what are we supposed to learn? We're supposed to learn how to live like Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, right? We have that new power, that new energy within us. You wonder why it was 33 years that Jesus Christ was down on this earth. Because, not no true reason, but, uh, but one of the reasons is he wanted to illustrate how God lives life. Okay? When you read the Gospels, you're reading about Jesus. You're reading about God in the flesh as he lives life out. You say, well, how can I be a Christian? Well, read the Gospels. Look at Jesus Approach life. Look at how he approached death. Look at how he approached pain. Look at how he approached joy. How, how he approached suffering. It's all in the Gospels, friends, because Jesus Christ lived the perfect life so that he could make a way to God. 
So, as you know, we really have been honing on, honing in on the uh, target of being a disciple-making church. It's a couple of years ago when we did our disciple-driven campaign, and we raised like four hundred thousand dollars. We were plant churches in India. And I get to know disciple-making center uh, down in the city and. Uh, Lawndale, we were able to start Kid City, and we were able to also hire a more or shorter for our compassion director. A lot of great things. But you know what the most important thing was? That God started a new work in this family. And started in my heart. And as I look at my life and ministry. I said, you know what? There's just too many Christ followers that have their get on hell free mark. And it might not be even their fault in a sense because nobody has discipled them. Nobody has taught them how to live like Jesus. So a huge shift is taking place in the culture of our church. Now, Every Bible-believing church, of course, encourages you to grow as a disciple. But I believe by the time we're done, we'll be in the 90th percentile of churches that really understand discipleship and practice. I really believe that. I'm really excited about it, too. Because I know that investing in people's lives, there's nothing more precious and exciting. Let me tell you a little about our journey. Back uh, when we started the cycle program, we said, okay, how can we learn more about the discipleship? Uh, so I came across Navigators Church Ministry. Now, Navigators is like the king of disciple makers, okay, Dawson Trotman. Uh, they are known for discipleship. And they have this program that you can go through, or read this consulting theory that you can go through, in order to shift your culture. To make discipleship the key thing, which it should be, obviously. Now, Bill Mowry has been our consultant over the last uh, two years. He's been a preacher, uh, maybe last, uh, earlier this year. Uh, he was here just a couple weeks ago, uh, met with our team on Saturday morning, and met with our leadership uh, Sunday afternoon. And I'm so great to have him. This guy loves discipleship. He knows so much about it. And so we started the process with him. And he said, this could be a long process. I mean, to really turn your culture, to shape it, to shift it, it's going to take at least three years. We're already two years into it. And I think it's going to take longer. But the more I think about it, in terms of how focused on, we could be, being focused on discipleship. Uh, yeah, so we met with Bill, and he trained Pastor Rich, Pastor Justin, and Pastor I, in the way of the alongside, the ways of the alongside. That is a training manual for being a disciple maker. So, uh, people have gone through this already, and we have 20 people who've gone through it, and uh, probably more than that. And then uh, we've got 20 people that are you know, meeting with other people. They call them triads. In the sense where you have, you typically have three people. You have a disciple maker who's been trained, a facilitator, and then you have maybe two other people. And we have 
quite a few of those going on right now as we continue to test this out and see what is the best way to integrate this into our church. Now, we are a church that has been committed to small groups since day one. Twenty years to small groups. Pastor Rich, as our executive pastor, has just done an awesome job in building a strong system. That was one of the challenges because Bill had not worked with a church that had such a strong, small group system. So we kind of had to figure out a new way to approach this. And so we thought, okay, well, as we roll this out slowly, it could be that small group leaders, like we have a couple leading a group, the man will take maybe two people, and the woman will take two women, and they will meet twice a month other than the small group. And they'll go through some type of curriculum, studying the Bible, right? To become stronger disciples. We had two girls come to Iwana, come to, come to Jesus in Iwana this week. Let's praise the Lord for that, okay? Yeah. I remember five years old, and it's transformed my life when I think of those two girls. And, and we want to disciple them. We want to equip them and help them to get really grounded in their faith so that they also can grow. Now, another thing that we did is we put a leadership learning team together. And they met for, they're still meeting, uh, I think a year and a half. And so if you're on a leadership learning team, uh, can you stand up right now? we got Matt Warline there. Anybody else? We've got our elders, plus some other individuals. Any other leaders? Oh, Bill? Bill, why are you so strong, man? You've been around here forever. <laughs> Bill, just stand. <laughs> Don't make me work for her. All right, well, it's a great team. It's the elders, plus some other individuals. And, and, and we come together every month, and Rich leads us, and we've been processing through. Okay. We want to become a disciple-making church. So, what's the most important question? What do we want this disciple to look like? What do we want this disciple to experience? What skills do we want this disciple to have? Let's say in a period of three to five years. And we got to, again, see what we're creating, right? We've got to get it in view. So we came up with uh, this discipleship strategy, similar to what we've used in the past. We refreshed it a little bit. I'll try to stand up, okay? I get some exercise, wake up a person next to you. Okay, all right. All right, now we have hand motions for all these. All right? This is our discipleship strategy. First of all, to do it with me, we bring them to Jesus. Everybody, we bring them to Jesus. Bring them to Jesus. Uh, we'll bring them to church, right? It's not, a, it's not about church. It's about Jesus. Having a relationship. It's not about rituals. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. We bring them to Jesus. And then we love them in relationships. We love them through relationships. And of course, this can be a small group type relationship. Uh, it can be just a spiritual friendship. Uh, somebody that you just really click with and and you talk about spiritual things with, uh, maybe go deeper into discipleship uh, in terms of uh, training them like we're talking about here. Uh, relationships are everything, aren't they? 
Aren't you glad that God gave us each other? Amen. So we bring them to Jesus and we love them with relationships. We inspire them through worship. We inspire them through worship. Thank you so much uh, for coming today. And I just really appreciate that. I just love Sundays. I just love uh, worshiping with you and uh, being able to teach uh, the Word. And again, worship is 24 7, right? Romans 12, right? Romans 12. It is whatever you do, when you are responding to God in a godly way, living your life as He desires, you're worshiping Him. So we want to teach them how to worship. So we bring them to Jesus, we love them through relationships, we inspire them through worship, and then we teach God's Word. This is so critical, isn't it? I mean, the Word of God is the foundation for everything that we believe in. Of course, people in our culture today have said, oh, well, it's a good book, but not really that significant. Well, yeah, they would believe that because they don't have the Holy Spirit with them, right? We're thankful the Spirit has come into us, so we know that this book is God's design for life. And we teach it in every ministry. We have no other book. There's no book of Dan Harrison or Rich Wolf. <laughs> it's just the Word of God, right? We teach them. Then, let's start over. We bring them. We love them through relationships. We inspire them through worship. We teach them God's Word. And then we equip them for ministry. We equip them for ministry. That's my job as your pastor is to equip leaders who can equip you to help you find out where you should serve the body of Christ and, and how you can grow in your relationship uh, with God. So we bring them to Jesus. We love them in relationships. We inspire them to worship. We teach them God's Word. We equip them for ministry. And finally, we pray for them. We pray for them. This prayer is the most powerful tool we have uh, as he changed our lives and other people's lives. So let's take it from the top. Okay? We bring them to Jesus. We love them through relationships. We inspire them through worship. We teach God's word. We equip them for ministry. And we pray for them. Great job. Thank you. And you see, it's much a strategy. Everything's built off. Our strategy that we put together here. And again, a little different from the past, but again, uh, that's what we've tried to do, but now we can want to move better. So here's Springboard's picture of disciple. Now, this particular list is the fruit of a year and a half of work uh, with the leadership learning team. I mean, we had long conversations about this. Uh, the people on it did uh, homework. You know, they did Bible studies. Okay, let's really find out what a disciple is. And, and, and also, what does a Springbrook disciple look like? It might be different than a disciple down in Longdale. When you get into the real specifics in terms of what skills they need and things of that nature. So, we consider people in this area. If the person became a Christ follower, what do we want to do? What is the picture of the disciple that we're shooting for? So, again, shares Jesus with others, right? Brings uh, them to Jesus. 
then we have loves others by spiritually investing in them. So we love others, right? But even more specifically, we want this disciple to grow to love others and want to invest in other people. That's one of the key things in this culture is you want to invest in other people. So many people go to church just for themselves and they say, okay, well, I'm growing, I'm not growing, that type of thing. I want people at Springbrook to come and say, who am I investing in? Who am I encouraging? Who am I listening to? Who am I helping to grow in the faith? So you don't come to church for yourself. The main reason you come to church is for other people. Right? We need each other to grow. You cannot do it on your own, friends. Relationship is so important. And that worships God daily through spirit-powered obedience, inspiring them to worship. We want this person in a period of time to realize that worship is not something that's happening on Sunday morning, but it's a daily walk with God. Studies and lives out God's Word. We teach them. Serving others through their spiritual gifts. We equip them. So we want this person to know what their spiritual gifts are so they can use them. And finally cultivates a relationship with God through prayer. I love to pray. Uh, I love to pray. And friends, as you grow mature, if you don't like to pray, someday you'll love to pray. Yeah, that's how mature you go. We're all in a different place on the journey. So let's go a little more into these. Uh, share Jesus with others. So last week, uh, we uh, went over this particular pamphlet somewhere here. And it's three circles, a life conversation. And uh, if you didn't have a chance to be here last week, I would encourage you uh, to go on the web and listen to my message because this is the three circles. It's a beautiful way to tell people about Jesus Christ. And, and all, it just comes out of problems with them. They're sharing problems with you. You just say, hey, you know what? Something really made sense to me at one point about why I'm having problems. And you use that as a basis to go through this guide. So we got now the pamphlets in. They're beautiful. And again, you have one in your uh, bulletin. And also there are others out there as well. As a Christ follower, always have this nearby. And that's what we're going to train our disciples to do. To be able to present this particular guide. It's an app, right? Available on uh, Android, iPhone. And I think I put it in your notes. Uh, it's a light conversation guide that you would download. And it gives you a presentation that you can memorize. It's very easy. You can do it on a napkin, through an app, or through a pamphlet. But this is, this is the gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we want them to be able to write out and share my testimony. So these are more demonstrations like, okay, is this person more of a disciple? How do we tell if a person is growing in their relationship with Jesus? Well, they're starting spiritual conversations, they know their testimony, and they're inviting people out so that other people can know about Jesus. Another part of the picture is loves others by spiritually investing in them. Love one another, serve one another, encourage one another, exhort one another. All the one another's in ministry. We want them to know about those and have them start to, 
to move in that way. Where they're just encouraging and loving the people around the spiritual friendships that I talk about membership. That's part of the process too. Membership is a spiritual growth step. And if you haven't become a member here, or you haven't turned in your your uh, membership papers, you know, I would encourage you to come. I got having a membership uh, class covering Springbrook uh, today at 1230. Come on, have subs with me and talk all about uh, the great church that God has given us and how we can be involved. Then worship God's daily in spirit power meetings. That's what we're going to see. What's the evidence of that? Sacrificially honor God with our time. Sacrificially honor God with our finances. Commitment to time alone with God. Serves others through their spiritual equips. Equips them for ministry, investing in others, identifying spiritual gifts, and serving the ministry. And I couldn't think of the right word but, of course, people can come to Springbrook and they can be a host right away. Uh, they work in our children's area. But at this point of the spiritual journey, I want this person to know their spiritual gift. I want them to know their passion. I want them to know what is the key ministry that they're going to give their primary time to. That's really what maturity is. Cultivates a relationship with God and prayer. Vibrant prayer life, worship-based prayer, knows how to fast. You see what I'm saying here? We are, we are becoming disciple-focused. You know, we have a strategy, we have a picture of what a disciple looks like here at Springbrook, and then we have the outcomes. This is what we want to see in our life. You see, we have a pathway. This is the pathway that we're continuing to build, connecting, growing, to be equipping, and multiplying. That's our pathway. And, and of course, you can be different places in the pathway, but typically, you know, you want to connect. So that's the worship service. And we're going to start uh, some starting point classes uh, for everyone uh, who comes to Springbrook. And uh, we're going to experiment. We'll have, like, you know, three classes during a service. Where they will learn about Springbrook. First of all, we'll put them on the gospel. Then they'll learn about Springbrook. And then they'll learn about how they can serve. And uh, it's a project that uh, Rich and Laura are working hard on. And I'm very excited about it starting next year. They're growing. They're a member of a small group. They become a member, equipping spiritual gifts class. Uh, Everybody loves that class so much. Everybody go through that and engage in service. Multiply leadership gathering. We have monthly for all of our leaders and also discipleship relationships where people are trained to disciple others. Friends, I know that was a lot in a short period of time. But that is where we've been. And that is where we're going. And I tell you, it's more exciting than the Cubs. Winning three World Series. Because God is using us to transform lives. We're changing direction in a sense. I'm not changing direction, but we're focusing in and we're saying, okay, let's put a system together that people can go through so they know what to do. Many churches you walk into, they've got a bunch of ministries, but there's really no pathways. Like, uh, what do I get involved But we'll tell them, we'll encourage you. Say, hey, this would be a great thing to get involved in this stage. Okay, love it. I love it. 
those who love it. As you see it roll down, as you see lives uh, transform. Uh, let's pray together. Dear Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for Bill Mowry. Thank you for the Navigators. Thank you for uh, Pastor Rich and many others on our leadership team. We've been working really hard on this, investing a lot of time. Because it is so important that we have a discipleship pathway. So when a person walks into Springbrook and they become a Christ follower, they know exactly what they need to do to grow as a disciple. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.